Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here in the studio at Crossway Church. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Thanks for coming out this morning for the Bible study, and thanks for tuning in whenever you might be tuned in. Uh, the YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. The website is thecrosswaychurch.com. You can find these teachings and our worship services there uploaded and all that we do here at Crossway Church. We also are teaching every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the Book of Romans. Uh, yesterday I did part 34 in chapter 8 of Romans, and so we're verse by verse going through the, uh, the, the Book of Romans, and I'm, I'm telling you the Lord is really pouring the truth into our hearts, and I'm excited about that and look forward to even more of that. So I would encourage you, please share these teachings, the YouTube channel, share it on your Facebook page or however. We can only have so many friends on Facebook, and, and so you will help us publish the Word of God to get it out, God's Word as it is according to the Gospel. For it, if it's not according to the Gospel, it cannot be in context as we've seen in this very first chapter of Timothy in the first 11 verses. So. Uh, this morning, uh, before we get started, let's, let me remind you that Pastor David Borg will be here beginning tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, you'll want to tune in live. If you can't be here, it'll all be streamed live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. So uh, tune in and watch Pastor David Borg tonight at 7 in the morning from 10 till lunch. And then tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And then Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We've got him all weekend. Uh, I know the Lord's going to minister yeah. to us this weekend and, and speak uh, to us and do great things among us. So you want to be here or tune in live if you can't be here. Uh, if you're watching, living in this area anywhere, we're at 610 Highway 59 right here in Queen City. Can't get lost in Queen City. If you do, they need to take your license from you. So, <laughs> so to, this morning we'll start here in 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is session 6 on the 7th day of January 2020. I like to say that so we'll know where we were and where we were at concerning uh, this teaching. So uh, uh, if you have your Bibles... Then go ahead and turn there. Again, that's 1 Timothy chapter 1, and verse uh, where we will be today is verse 12. Verse 12. This is going to be really good today, and I've asked the Lord to give us the daily bread that we need to impart to us the, the, the light of God that we need from these scriptures today. Let's ask Him again together this morning. Father, we thank You for the time that we have to come together for the most important reason that we could come together on the earth today, and that is to study Your Word, to seek You in Your Word, and that we would learn and be able to be brought to the truth of Your Word this morning. We pray that You would give us that spiritual gift that only comes through a focus on the gospel, the Word of God in its gospel context. And we pray for the light to come today that would be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, bread for our soul today, for we live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. And we thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. and amen. So, here we are in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, and the Apostle Paul, and we need not forget that he's writing this letter to Timothy and the people of Ephesus, the church that he left there. And I'm not going to get into all that, but I'll just mention before Paul ever left there, he was there three years crying with tears and preaching the whole counsel of God. That means all the word of God they had up until that time according to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And then he warned them, this is in Acts 20, you can read this, that he warned them, when I leave, not only are wolves going to come in from the outside, but even some of you on the inside are going to rise up and begin to draw men unto yourselves. That's what we do when we're not preaching the gospel. We're drawing men unto ourselves. Mm -hmm. The gospel keeps us safe from doing that mm -hmm. because the gospel is where God initially draws and daily draws all people to himself. We've been drawn near by the blood, mm -hmm. Ephesians 2 and 13. He draws us near by the blood mm -hmm. on day one, on day a million and one. He draws us near through the blood only. So 
Paul has left Timothy in this place and what's Paul, what Paul warned them of is already happening. It didn't take much time. It's already happening. And he told Timothy, I've left you here to charge them not to teach anything that's not sound doctrine mm -hmm. according to the glorious gospel mm -hmm. of our Lord. Yeah. The whole Bible has to be in the context of the gospel or it's out of context and it cannot be imparted by the Holy Spirit as sound right. doctrine. I can right. learn it. I can learn to quote it. I can learn to declare it. But the Holy Spirit won't impart it to me as light, a lamp and a light for my path until I am seeing it accepting the Word of God in the context of the gospel. And the reason we say that is because of what this first chapter in 1 Timothy says, plus other scriptures such as all the words of God's mouth are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. And righteousness, his righteousness, is yeah. only revealed in the gospel. So all of God's word, for it to be sound to your heart, applicable, applied by the Holy Spirit to you, must be accepted as the, the truth of who Jesus is and what he's provided through his death for you at Calvary. Right. Your faith must remain in the death of Jesus. That's right. And so this morning we see in verse 12, he says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, Amen. putting me into the ministry. Mm -hmm. Now, the enabling power is that of the Holy Spirit, not your grandma or your preacher. The power is the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to us, uh, is found working in us through the legality of the cross, the law of the Spirit of life. The law through which the Spirit works is the legal, through our faith in the legal work Christ did to allow Him to come, to allow Him to convict us of sin and give us the gospel and, and, and immerse us into the body of Christ when yes. we believe. Yes. The power is that of the Holy Spirit, yeah. but the Bible says the power is the preaching of the cross. So which one is it? Mm -hmm. Well, it's one and the same. You can't separate them. Without the context being the gospel, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. has His hands tied. He's grieved. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Amen. So right. the enablement is that of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And he says, for that he counted me faithful, mm -hmm. putting me into the ministry. Mm -hmm. Now, let me read the, these things, these notes I wrote for you. The enabling power of the Holy Spirit comes when the Lord counted Saul as believing. Now, we want to see this scripture again. We want to see it in this life this morning because I, I you know, uh, I, I, I don't, I've struggled with this for years. Uh, but God's going to show us this morning something very powerful. When he says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful. He counted me as a believer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because you're not, I'm not just counted as faithful based on what I do. Right. I'm faithful if God sees yes. my faith is in what he did, That's the faithful right. one did for me. Yes. Because that's where the enablement comes from, yes. the Holy Spirit, through my faith in the one he's going to talk about. The yes. Holy Spirit's been talking about Jesus since he showed up. Mm -hmm. That's how we got saved. He first told us we were sinners. Then he told us about Jesus and what he did at Calvary for us. And we believed it. And now he's trying to guide us into all truth, mm -hmm. which is Jesus and what he provided at Calvary through his death. Amen. Mm -hmm. The enablement comes because of our belief mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we're brought under grace, and he puts us all in the ministry. He may not put us all in a right. pulpit, right. but he, when you got born again, you were called into the ministry. Mm -hmm. A Christian is in, in the ministry. Mm -hmm. Your ministry may be this, that, singing, play, but whatever specifically it is, we all have the same ministry in, in one aspect because 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that God has reconciled us by the blood mm -hmm. 
that he has, given, he has brought us into the ministry, given us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. That means mm -hmm. that's what we're serving as ministers. Mm -hmm. We're serving God through that message. Mm -hmm. He has committed unto us his word of reconciliation. Not word of how to get rich financially. Not right. word of all. The word of reconciliation is the word he's committed unto us. Mm -hmm. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's what He's committed unto us. What are we committed to give to the world mm -hmm. and the church? Mm -hmm. It better be the gospel. But we're all called to the ministry. Mm -hmm. and I, Because I'm not talking about nursery workers and guitar players and preachers and singers and all these things. But I am talking about this morning, right at this moment, because all those things do exist too. Yeah. We're not all called. We're not called to go do what Paul did on the scale, he did it. Right. But we are called to do what Paul did to some degree, to carry this gospel where we go, mm -hmm. to live this life, yeah. but to also tell about this life we're living. Mm -hmm. Do you know that Paul spoke of, wrote about in the Scriptures in the New Testament, his conversion at least five, maybe six times? He talked about his conversion. Mm -hmm. Christians ought to have a conversion story to tell. I remember when I got saved and I was just 11 years old. It's something we remember. I, and if you get old in years and you can't remember where the refrigerator's at, now that's one thing. And you don't, you might not remember a lot of things. But you, listen, folk remember when they got born again. Because it is the greatest miracle we've ever experienced in our lives. And I know a lot of people disagree with that. Well, I'm really not sure, but I'm a believer. Well, thank God you're a believer now, but I promise you, if you begin to backtrack, yes, you're going to remember when God changed your heart, gave you that new heart, turned you around, set you in a new direction, and made all things new. You begin to see everything different, think about things differently. You're going to be able to remember that experience. And again, Paul wrote about his five, maybe six times in the New Testament mm -hmm. spoke of that because that's something we don't forget. That's right. The moment God brought us out of the grips of Satan and put us in his kingdom, made us his own, mm -hmm. get shed his love abroad in our heart, and all the list of things that happened at that born again experience. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Yes. Man, that's good. Praise the Lord. But this word, he counted me faithful, and I'm going to keep touching on this for a minute, maybe we'll get it this morning, means he counted me as a believer. Uh -huh. Because I, all of our faithfulness is an expression of what God is able to do in and through us. Our faithfulness is only because of his faithfulness. That's right. An expression of yes, his sir. faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And the gospel is the avenue through which that comes. That's right. Amen. So it also means trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And that's the way God sees yes. us. As long as our faith is in the one that died for us, the one who was trustworthy unto death for us. Mm -hmm. yes. Jesus is the faithful one. Yes, he is. If what yes, we're sir. doing in ministry is not a, a court, not just because we're saved, but, a, but tied to that which saved us. And you've heard me say it for years. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message in every sermon better be the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. You better be pointing people to Calvary because you're not going to get over that sin without trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. It's the only breakthrough out of sin God's provided. That's right. It's the only break free from place from sin God's provided. Not something we do, what He did in Christ at Calvary. And not only that, but... All ministry is not exclusively because of the cross, but because of the cross and about the cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's not about the cross, if I'm opening God's Word and I'm not pointing people to Calvary, then I'm not pointing people to the place God will work. I'm pointing them to a place they need to work. Mm -hmm. And we do have good works we walk in, but only... That only happens when our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ because that's the legal work that allows the Holy Spirit the legal right to, to, to lead me into this truth of God's Word where I can walk in the, in the works I've been ordained to walk in. Ephesians 2 and 10. 
He puts his people into the ministry. <clears throat> I've already said this, the ministry of reconciliation. He's committed his word of reconciliation to us. And now I'm going to say something this morning. And that there will be so much rejection and rebellion and stubbornness against this. But I'm going to pull it right out of the scriptures. And I know it's not going to be agreed with, but the prophets in the Old Covenant, there were very few of them that were legitimate and right and God called. And the same thing is going on today. There is, if we knew how few preachers that were legitimately of God, it would blow our minds. You know what's going on in the government in America right now? And we thought the swamp was going to be cleaned, and it is being cleaned. The government's been so crooked and wicked for years. But we had no idea mm -hmm. the depths of the wickedness right. that was going on in this nation. Right. If you and I this morning, if God were just to show us how few the men were that he's actually placed in ministry himself, we'd get physically sick. Mm. We would get physically sick. Because I'm going to share a scripture with you that should be, and I believe is, the very result of those who are called into ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. And I know the naysayers and those who really aren't called, but if they are, they're not walking in their calling. They've deviated. They've fallen. They've backslidden. They've, they've ran for money. They've ran for fame. They've ran for uh, uh, safety in a denomination or whatever they've run to. Uh, but I'm telling you, the ones God has called are very recognizable. They are not popular. They are least popular. They are ridiculed and there are people behind the scenes by the droves saying don't listen to them. Beware of them. That's what they did to all the prophets up until the day they killed each one of them. Because the only place there can be a legitimate call of repentance is to the cross of Christ. It's the only place you can yes, repent. That's right. It's the only place God gives repentance. That's right. That's right. And that's what they killed all the prophets about. Their call back to a legitimate faith in the coming Redeemer, the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Come back. They would go and kill their kids, offer their babies. And the same day, for, for, for maybe it would rain. Some god somewhere else would, would honor that and send them rain on their crops or whatever. And then the same day, they'd go worship God in the temple, they thought. But he wasn't receiving that worship. He don't receive that. Because they weren't coming in to repent. They were just trying, well, if this works that good, and if God don't give us rain, maybe one of their gods will. You can't believe in God if you trust in other gods. That's right. You can't even walk with God if your faith is not in the cross. And that's very biblical. And, and the main reason they killed all the prophets, listen to this, is because Jesus said what the prophets wrote was about me. That's what he said. The scriptures are about him. Search them. You think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. See, it's the very testimony of Jesus the people don't want to hear. Now, the Jesus they preach, they'll... These false folk, they, man, they'll listen to that Jesus all day long. But the Jesus that died, the Jesus that says you can't follow me unless you take up your cross, the Jesus that says if you deny me, I'll deny you, the Jesus that says if you don't repent, I'll blot your name out of the book of everlasting. That Jesus. There is a minute, and I'm not talking about just a group of people who got a little club going. These people are all over the world today, but there is so few compared to the numbers of people that men that stand in pulpits. Mm -hmm. What I'm about to share with you is what legitimizes true ministry. It's what happens to a minister when God calls them. Now, if, if, even though there may be a backsliding period of, of time, if they're really God-called and God-chosen and God has, go, has sent them, this is going to be the result of it. This is not one of the results. This is the result. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. 
For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Right. Now, now let's talk about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. I already said it while ago. Preaching the message of the preaching God's word in its righteous context, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the only righteous context that exists. Mm -hmm. When you got saved, Romans 6 says, He freed you from sin and made you something, a servant of right. righteousness immediately. Mm -hmm. And you're not serving God if you're not serving righteousness. And you're not serving righteousness if your faith is not in right now what made you a servant of righteousness. Right. That being that form of doctrine that frees you from sin, the message of the cross. Mm -hmm. And as long as we preach the Word of God in the context of what the living Word of God did to apply the Word of God to our hearts, save our souls, bring us in the kingdom, which is His work at Calvary, as long as we're preaching that, we're safe. Even if they stone us and kill us, we're safe. We're in Christ, hidden in God. Amen. The evil one can't touch us. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to worry about how much money is coming in. We don't have to worry about who's going to get mad and leave. I, we don't have to. The, listen, that grieves our hearts. They leave, they leave. They continually leave through the years. And God sends other people, and some of them leave. But we're not focused on that, even though that breaks our heart. We just keep preaching what? The gospel. Right. Which is the message of the cross. Yes. Which is God's word from Genesis all the way through to Revelation mm -hmm. in the context of the gospel. Right. Right. Watch this now. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Mm -hmm. Remember Paul said, I don't glory in nothing but the cross. Yes, sir. He's talking about here, I don't, in and of my, listen, I don't have nothing to glory about. Right. How well I'm preaching it, how big my church is, how much money's coming in, all that I've done, all that we're doing, I ain't got nothing to talk about right. glorying except the gospel. Yes, the do. gospel is the focus. Yes. yes. Not I'm in ministry because of the gospel, and now I just know, well, those preachers are, listen, who are you going to run with? You better find a group of people. If you are called, if you're not called, you probably matter in fire right now and you're about to get real mad. You better repent from thinking you can just follow somebody because they got a big name on TV. Most of those folk are not even called of God. Listen to them. Are they preaching the gospel? Are they right. pointing you to Calvary? Right. Are they warning you about all the things that's not true faith? Mm -hmm. Are they just after your money? Are they trying to sell you something so you can get healed? Mm -hmm. The gospel is the focus. Right. Right. That means the cross of Christ. That's right. If that's not the focus, you're not operating in the ministry that God gives. Yeah. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Amen. The flesh don't like it, and sometimes my flesh will say, "When are you gonna start preaching something different?" And the Lord will say, "I, you know." And some people say, "You preach this till I tell you to preach something different." God told me, "I will never tell you to preach anything other than the gospel." God told me that about uh, three or four months ago. I will never. You'll know. It's not me because I will never tell you to preach anything that's not according to the gospel. Never. He won't do it. Now let's finish this now. For though I preach the gospel, I have I have nothing to glory of. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because necessity is laid upon me. Necessity. When I when I retired from my secular job a little over two years ago, I was doing this Friday morning meeting, and I was doing a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning. And I wondered, well, what could I do now? You know, I, I, I wonder what could I do? Boy, that's a lot of free time there, you know. I mean, I'm in the Word every day and have been but with very few days missed since June of 1994. Uh, but I can't glory in that. Yeah. <laughs> but I wondered, what, man, I, I preach on Wednesday, I preach on Sunday, and I do a Friday morning. Now, to a lot of people, that's just already overwhelming, you know. 
But to me, that was, I mean, if you're called, you, you're going to be gifted to, if you're called a pastor, God's going to fill your heart. Uh-huh. He's going to fill your heart because there is this necessity uh-huh. laid upon you. Uh-huh. And God began to deal with me. He began to say, well, I, I've called you and I've gifted you to teach the Word of God, my Word. And so God began to stir my heart. And so that's how we, that's why I come up and do Monday morning, Thursday morning, Mm -hmm. Friday morning, Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. Wednesday night, and a little devotion on Monday night Mm -hmm. before we pray. Mm -hmm. And we're like, wow, you do all that, man? That's not, that's a lot. Well, who you, who you, who you basing that on? Mm Right. What are you basing that on? We ought to be able to get up every day. Yeah. And share the. I mean, uh, share the word. Yes, sir. We should. I'm not talking about getting up preaching for an hour, but we ought to be able to. If we're studying the word, hey, we got something to talk about at least for a few minutes. If we're a student of the word, we got something to talk about just for a few minutes. Yes, sir. I mean, I get up every morning and share on face on Facebook, social media. One verse in Proverbs. And we're in the last chapter already. Can you believe? One verse a day, and I'm in the last chapter of Proverbs with only four or five verses left. Mm-hmm. You know how long? I, don't, I need to look back and see when we started Proverbs. A couple years ago, probably, but one verse a day and how that verse ties to Calvary, how it's, a, how it's a based on the gospel. And if that's all I did, I'd have a little bit to share mm-hmm. off that one verse a day. Mm-hmm. If I if I would study the word, God's gonna give me somebody to minister to that that's according true. to what I'm studying. Yeah. Amen. Yes, so He says here, mm-hmm. I have nothing to glory of because necessity is laid upon me. Yea. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Yeah. Woo. Uh-huh. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. There are a lot of folk think they're called. Grandmama calls grandkids. Mama calls sons. Fathers call sons. Friends call friends. All kind of callings. But when God sets a man in place to be a minister in a five-fold fashion, he will have a necessity laid upon him to preach the gospel. That's right. The gospel. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will tell people and point out in the scriptures they need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit for a greater level of ministry. But the focus is not the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You need to get filled and you need to, I and we all need to get refilled again today. Stay filled every day with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and believing God that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit will work in our lives, through our lives, but that is not the focus. Right. What has been laid upon the ministers of God and has brought a necessity within their hearts is to preach the gospel in their mind and their hearts tell them, woe is me if I don't. Right. Right. Yes, sir. And many are called but have walked away from this because they know it would cost them their denomination and all that they've built and paid for up to this point. It would cost them friendships. But when will we come back to the place if we are truly called to this place right here? No matter the cost, are we willing to count all that dung for the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, the the knowledge that excels of Christ who is our light and God can then be Begin to brighten the light of Christ. Hallelujah. In the scriptures that are supposed to be the lamp to our feet and the light of Christ for our path. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it again. Because those who aren't getting mad are getting stirred. And those who are getting mad, maybe they'll find their way back to God, back to their proper calling. Quit looking at men and what men have. You're not going to have very much and you're never going to have anything to glory in except the cross. It's the only thing God has given us to glory in. Yeah, 
Christ and Him crucified. The Lamb slain. I believe that throughout all eternity there will be a reflection in our eyes because of the love that abounds in our hearts of that great sacrificial work of Christ. It's not going away. Hey! It's the eternal covenant and Jesus said it's in His blood. Yes, it is. Amen. It's not about us. It's not even about the way we present it. It's simply the power of God is simply found in the gospel and those who are called and whom God has sent have this necessity laid upon them and their heart knows if I don't preach the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, woe is unto me. That is a wake-up call to ministers. Not to say the word cross. Not to t- say the word sacrifice. But to open the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us the power of the cross. The word of the cross. The word of the truth of the gospel. Colossians 1 and 5. Now this is powerful. This is powerful. Paul had this necessity. Timothy was learning to walk with this necessity. And he was struggling. And Paul would write him a letter and encourage him and remind him why he's there, what he's up against. And, and he warned him before he ever left it was going to happen. And, 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 and he gave him direction and instruction. And he encouraged him along the way through this letter. We need that. We need, we need, listen, we need what we're hearing right here this morning. Maybe we have been called, but we started following a man instead of the Holy Spirit's leading in the truth, which can only be according to the gospel. I can't just get up and tell a a fabulous story about how God brought His people through the Red Sea and say, if He did it for them, He'll do it for you. That was them. You're hearing now. And the only application from that story about them that can apply to us is if we preach the cross. The cross is the cross over. It's the cross through. It's what slayed Goliath. It's what brought him through the Red Sea. It's what took the chariot wheels off the chariot. The the work of Christ at Calvary. Mm -hmm. If that's not what we're about, we have no light. And what light we did have, God has said He will show up and remove it. Mm-hmm. You can come back to true ministry, but you will have to forsake that which has hindered you from true ministry. Right. There's preachers right now who just out there making fun of us in their pulpits because we use the word determined. The Bible said those that God foreknew, He predestinated. That means He predetermined. That's what the word means. That they would be conformed. So before Paul ever became determined to know nothing but the gospel, but but Christ and Him crucified, it was because the reason he became determined because he got in trouble and he wasn't sticking to this narrowness of the gospel. And he finally realized that God was determined before he was determined. That God's determination is what gave him his determination. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that. If they're not preaching the gospel, the gospel. And I'm not talking about telling the story every time they get in the pulpit of the crowns and the blood that flowed in the actual physical story of Calvary. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about opening the word of life. The Word of God from Genesis all the way through to Revelation for it is all the Word of God and we live by all the Word of God but the Bible says for us to live is Christ. Yes. And he said the Scriptures are about Him but what makes them about Him applicable to our hearts is our faith in the cross and nothing else. Right, right. Nothing else. Right, amen. This is powerful. This is a call to ministers to never leave the cross. No matter who's making fun of them. As I said earlier, there are preachers out there making fun of us. Think we've got our own little clique going. That we're we're just, well, they're just determined, determined, determined. That's all they want to talk about being determined. Oh, determined. We are determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. Amen. The proof of that is 
That's what I preach. Amen. That's what I point to. It takes all the pressure off me. The only necessity that I have is to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because when I preach the gospel, it takes control away from me and gives it to the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. to the Lord. Yes. Our mission is to preach the gospel, something that angels can't even do. Mm -hmm. But we are called to do. Yes. Amen. Mo, this yes. is good this morning. Y'all ought to be up shouting. Amen. Pulling those fluorescent lights off the ceiling this morning. God's listen, those who God can bring back to their first love, bring back to their first works, bring back to that old path of righteousness, what he's going to do is he's going to confirm that path every day in the scriptures. He's going to confirm. That's why for 15 years we've preached the message of the cross. Not because so-and-so's doing it, because we've been called to it. All God's people have been called yeah. to this focus. And those who God has called and chosen to be in pulpits, to be in the five-fold ministry, He has laid this necessity upon their hearts. Mm -hmm. right. Everybody else that thinks we don't have to talk about the cross all the time, maybe they just need to open up a food pantry. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> they're not called a five-fold ministry. If they are, they're not walking in it. They're, 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 they're being rebellious and yeah. stubborn. That's it. Yeah. Because when God, the Holy Spirit, convicts them, when they hear messages, teachings like this, that instead of going with the Holy Spirit, they run to some preacher they look up to and say, well, what do you think about this, preacher? Because they're looking for a way out of it. Yes. Yes. I'm not looking for a way out of anything. I'm looking for a way to get deeper in what I've been called to. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for a way to get out of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for a way to get out of this church that don't believe in that. In that. That's what happened to Robin and I some 20-something years ago when we left where we were living and came over here. Uh, we, we, we realized, man, them folks, man, they, they're avoiding what's in the New Testament. They're pushing it aside like it's not for today. And it is for today. And, and there's lots of things that, that Jesus has provided for today that we've pushed out. Yes. But the main emphasis is on the cross, Christ. That's it. Yes, sir. Amen. It's the gospel. Yes. Verse 13 says, and Paul begins here giving his testimony again. But his testimony is always about the goodness of God, what God has done, not what I've done. Yeah. Because he's already said, and when he wrote the church, I read it to you in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 9 16, I, don't, I have nothing to glory of. Yeah. But what I give you, it's like Peter and John said, look here, mm -hmm. silver and gold, I don't have. I ain't got nothing to glory of. But what I do have, I'll give you. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. I believe in the days ahead, we're going to see the power of God greater than the early church saw it. But it's going to be not in through the ministries you thought it would be. It's going to be in... What do you mean he's wearing camel hair and eating locust and honey? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that ain't God. All oh, yeah, it was God. It sure was. Yeah. What do you mean some guy named Gideon? Go mm -hmm. rise up and conquer the enemy. What? What? No, no, no. This ain't all my sons. I got one out there tending to the sheep, but he surely can't be the one. Oh, yes, he is. The least likely among men God is going to use. Not those who have a big show. Those who have this necessity laid upon them. And who know woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because the gospel is the door every day that God moves in your life through. Daily cross. Mm -hmm. Daily bread. Yes, sir. And if I don't preach the gospel, I've shut the door. Even if I'm declaring God's word, if it's not according to the gospel, I've shut the door. I've grieved the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. See, nobody can refute what we preach scripturally. But they can carnal, carnally go behind the scenes and say, now, now you need to be careful, Brother Curtis now. You know, they, they, they think they're the only ones called. All this determined stuff. They started a little, little clique out there. They have determined camp meetings. 
But they don't say anything negative about all these other conferences and camp meetings all over the world. They only say something about ours because they're, if they're ministers, they're convicted. They're convicted. And without repentance, when conviction comes, We, we start building our own kingdom. We we start we gotta tear them down to build up what we're doing. Now, we're not gonna say it like that, but we gotta we It's been the story of the ages. It's been the story of the ages. Paul begins to say though here in verse thirteen, talking about himself. <clears throat> who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about this for a few minutes too. Because he wasn't just a blasphemer. No. But he was a persecutor. Mm -hmm. Remember when the Lord approached yeah. him on the road to Damascus? Mm -hmm. He said, Saul, Saul, mm -hmm. why are you persecuting me? Mm -hmm. yeah. Folk who are coming against God's people are coming against God. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. That's right. Folk who want That's to right. poke you in the eye, they poking God in the eye because you are the apple of His eye. Mm -hmm. Folk who come against this gospel that we preach come against the narrowness of this way that we preach, they're coming against the very Word of God and God Himself. That's right. That's right. Paul did this. He was doing it ignorantly. He thought he had to take a bolder stand. If nobody's going to stand up against these Christians, for us Jewish Judaism folk, these folks are following a false Messiah. If nobody's going to stand up against them, I have to because he was full of zeal. He was all about the law, but he was an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. You can be all about the things you think is God, and you can be more sincere than anybody in town, and yet be sincerely wrong and in God's eyes an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. It's just like we go back to what we've been talking about. You can think you've been called because you told since you were two years old you were called, and you may be trying to operate. But listen, if that necessity to preach the gospel is not weighing on your heart. And I'm talking about the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might ought to re-examine. Mm -hmm. And if you are called, you need to repent. Mm -hmm. And you need to begin to learn the Word of God in its proper context. Mm -hmm. But Paul, was he was blaspheming God. And that's what we'll do. We'll call some people blasphemers when we're the ones blaspheming. You know, the Pharisees told Jesus, you're of the devil. But in all reality, he said, no, your daddy's the devil. That's, what, that's the way we do it. If you've watched any of this governing stuff on the news about the impeachment of the president and all that, you've got both sides fully, fully believing the other side is the wickedness, the evil. Now, let me tell you something. If you're clashing with folk and you both think the other is evil, one thing's for sure. You both can't be right. Right. That's correct. You, I guess you could both be right because you both could be evil. <laughs> but if it's... It's just like, it's like men who write books on the one topic in the Bible and, and, they're, and they're different. Yeah. They teach something different. Yeah. And I don't mean something different in a different view. I mean totally contrary to each other and they both say God gave me this to write oh, this book. Man. Well, one of them didn't hear from God or both of them didn't That's hear from right. God, but obviously the one thing we know, both of them did not hear from God. Correct. Right. And Paul was calling them a blas blasphemers when he was the blasphemer. But he was bringing injury to them. Yes, he was. He was even a part and, and, and all for the killing of them, not just imprisoning them. He was on their scriptures that I could have brought. I didn't tie into this, but they're there in the book of Acts. When he, he, he was all for their killing. Here, I'll hold you close. There's a big rock over there you can hit him in the head with. I'll hold you. Remember the story? That's right. When Stephen was stoned? Yes. Listen, just, hey, hey. 
Right. I don't, I'm not going to throw a rock, but I, if I can get everybody else to throw a rock and kill him, I'll be glad to hold your garments. He wanted them dead and removed, but it wasn't because he thought he was being uh, wrong. He was totally sold out to the issue that he was right. Yes, he was. He sure Do you was. have any people? M millions. Yes, sir. Forget that. Billions yeah. have died and thought they were right, but they were wrong. I thought about this yesterday. If all at one time in one glimpse we could see the great white throne judgment. Mm -hmm. It's the judgment where everybody will be told they're workers of iniquity. Mm -hmm. God doesn't know them. Never had a relationship with them. And He's going to throw them into the lake of fire. For eternity. That's what the Bible says for you Bible believers. The judgment seat of Christ is where all the born again people who've trusted in Christ and kept that faith to the end are going to be. Mm -hmm. If you were to paint the tops of the heads of all those who will be lost, who, who, who will be in the lake of fire, black, mm -hmm. and the tops of the heads of all those who will be at the judgment seat of Christ, white, and you were to mix them, even if you were to gather them all together, the white, the white heads, those who were been made righteous by the blood of Jesus, and you were to put them in one spot among this big black sea of people all at one time you'd barely be able maybe to see a little glow somewhere a fade of white compared to the numbers that have been the numbers of the righteous the Bible says Peter wrote the righteous scarcely make it in mm. wow what Peter wrote the righteous scarcely barely make Jesus taught the same thing this way is narrow it is so narrow there will be few that find it now that's not giving us a reason to puff up because no. what we're glorying in is that he told me I was a sinner he offered me what it took to be forgiven of my sins. He initiated it. He did everything. He convicted me. He enabled me. He saved me. He is my salvation. I didn't do anything that I could boast in. All I did was bring a broken and repentant heart to the table. And that is when ignorance is forgiven. Think about that. Look at what Paul said. I was before a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. An injurious. I didn't just talk bad about them. I wanted them dead. I wanted them hurt. I wanted them to pay for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he even talks about Stephen later. He talks about his born again experience. And him even bringing this up shows that he <clears throat> is all about the gospel and what God has done in his life. Hey, he's changed him. He's ashamed of his past. Mm -hmm. yes. Bible says when Paul got converted, he immediately went and preached Christ. Now I know there came a time when he went out into Arabia in the desert for a long period of time, some years. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he was born again, he went and preached Christ. And I guarantee you what he was doing was telling folks he knew, I've been wrong about this yes, Jesus sir. all this time. Mm -hmm. He is the Son of God. He is the one that came mm -hmm. to take our sins away. He is the one. He's given me a mission to preach him. And I'm telling you, everybody stayed in the house and peeped through the curtains when Paul came. I ain't trusting him one minute. He threw my uncle and aunt in prison. He had their kids killed. He, I saw him standing there holding the cloaks yeah. of those people that were stoning Stephen. I ain't trusting him one bit. Right, right. Sure. And don't nobody trust you. I remember when the Lord got me back on the path, got me back in the Word in 1994, and I'd been a drug dealer and, and a big idiot living in a, a stupid way and blaspheming way and uh, just an obnoxious, out-of-the-faith way. And when God got a hold of me, people got scared. Instead of bringing drugs to work, I brought a Bible. Well, my Lord, they got scared. I ain't trusting him. One day he's selling us dope. The next day he's bringing a Bible in. I'm confused. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I'm telling you now that they watch day by day by day. A prayer group start day by day by day. Me studying the Word, trying to share it with them every chance again. Day by day by day. Their fear of me went away in what they thought I might do to them because I'd been converted. But then they got convicted because they weren't going the right way they knew they should be going to. For years, people I worked with told me, you need to come to our church, son, because they saw me, I was a mess. You need to get in church. So don't you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. You can say that in a nonchalant way, but until the Lord convicts your heart of sin and you desperately cry out, God, I do believe in the gospel, mm -hmm. when it becomes a hard issue, and I found out when God got a hold of me and turned me around, those people just wanted me to start going to church so their neighborhood would be safer. Because they were living in flat-out sin. And I know there's no perfect people. I'm not saying that. But I was like, why aren't they wanting to talk about the Lord? Why aren't they wanting to talk about the Scriptures? Because that's what happened to me when the Lord turned my life around. Why, why, I mean, there was no movement among them. And I wasn't perfect, still far from it. But, man, I, I, I wanted to stop this and stop that, and a lot of stuff didn't. I stopped listening to this kind of stuff and that kind of stuff, but they just kept right on rolling through it. Yeah. There was no changing. Mm -hmm. And when they watched me change right before their eyes daily, mm -hmm. if you're not willing to change too, that's going to that's gonna do something. If you're not willing to change and be conformed into the image of Christ and follow Him, yeah. those that are, you're going to start throwing rocks at. Mm -hmm. Just like what we're talking about this morning. Those who refuse to think it's all about the cross, they're going to start throwing rocks at those who know it's all about the cross. Yes, sir. Mm. He says, though, even though I was this way, even though before... Before my conversion, before my salvation, I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was injurious. Right. But I obtained mercy because what I was doing, I was doing it ignorantly yeah. in unbelief. Ignorantly. Right. Ignorantly. Let me, let me read right. this now. That's right. Before Paul was saved by the mercy of God, he admits all that he was given, all that he was even though he had the greatest credentials among the Jewish leaders. Yes, he gave all that up. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of men who are great among men uh -huh. because they're of men. Uh -huh. And they're not going to give that up. No, sir. There are a lot of preachers who have that aroma about them who are not even... They, they, they're leaders. No matter where they go, they will lead people. They have that gift to lead. They have that personality. They've been given that by God. But they're not called to the ministry in a five-fold position. And they should be entrepreneurs. They, their heart's desire, really, all the time they've been in ministry all these years, is to really be out there doing something else. And I'm talking about these folk who refuse to repent for not tying every word they preach to the gospel. Yeah. And they're really just entrepreneurs. They should be out there making lots of money that God's given them the ability and the gift to do so that there can be a greater support for the church financially to reach farther out than they are. Mm -hmm. And somebody said amen. That's right. Amen. He says that he obtained mercy because all that he did before he did in ignorance, in unbelief. His, his, his unbelief was caused by ignorance. Mm -hmm. That's right. Ignorance is only excused under grace through a repentant, broken heart. God's not excusing our ignorance mm -hmm. except as we bring a broken heart of repentance right. to faith in the sacrifice. Yeah. Faith Amen. in Christ and what He did to become our Redeemer, our Lord. Paul was shown mercy because his actions were the product of ignorance. Willful disobedience triggers God's wrath, but God deals gently with the ignorant and misguided. Now, I'm going to give you some scriptures. We've got about six minutes. I'm going to read this. The first one is, when, is, is the regulation, the commandment that God gave out, gave out back in Numbers 15 for the ignorant and the sacrifices for the ignorant. Now watch this. In Numbers 15, verses 22 through 31, it's, it's a little reading, so bear with me. 
And if you have erred and not observed all these commandments which the Lord has spoken unto Moses, even all even all that the Lord has commanded you by the hand of Moses from the day that the Lord commanded Moses and henceforward among your generations, then it shall be, if ought be, committed by ignorance. Everybody hear that? If ought be, if sin be committed by ignorance without the knowledge of the congregation that all the congregation shall offer one bullock for a burnt offering. For a sweet Savior unto the Lord, with his meat offering and his drink offering according to the manner, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for all the congregation of the children of Israel, and it shall be forgiven them, for it is ignorance. Ignorance is, I don't know that I didn't know. God is gentle with that. And, he's, and, and even the sacrifice covered, listen, the sacrifice of the Old Testament covered our sin if done in ignorance. In middle of verse 25, And they shall bring their offering, a sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their ignorance. Verse 26, And it shall be forgiven all the congregation of the children of Israel, and the stranger that sojourns among them, seeing all the people were in ignorance. And if any soul sin through ignorance, then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering. Do you see going through here? Now I'm not through reading yet, but God is gentle and made a way through the sacrifice for forgiveness of sins committed of ignorance. Mm -hmm. We see that. We see that. Mm -hmm. Verse uh, 28, and the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sins ignorantly. When he sins by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. You shall have one law for him that sins through ignorance, both for him that is born among the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourns among them. But the soul that does ought presumptuously presumptuously. Mm -hmm. He knows to do right, but he presumes he can do wrong anyway. Mm -hmm. But the soul that does ought presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that soul shall be cut off from among his people mm -hmm. because he has despised the word of the Lord. Yes and has broken his commandment. That soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 says concerning the same thing, For if we sin willfully, mm -hmm. after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. Now that doesn't mean what we thought it means for years. That well, if they commit a sin, they willfully committed that sin. That's not talking about that. This is talking about if we sin willfully, if we reject the cross willfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. If the knowledge of the truth is what we're rejecting. There's no other, there's no more sacrifice for sin. Right, right. Now, one more scripture. Hebrews 5, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Now let me tell you something. Ignorant versus ignore. See, when I know to do right and I do it not, that's why God says that's sin, because now I'm just presuming I can get away with it. I'm covered. Grace forgives and delivers from sin. It doesn't cover sin and let me live in sin. That's a rejection of God's grace. Right. Now listen to this. The German philosopher 
Nietzsche said, If you could prove God to me, I would believe Him all the less. There are people like that. I don't care if God comes down here and stands in my face. I'm not believing in Him. Kind of like Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Saw a move of the true God and said, I still ain't believing in Him. I'm not giving myself to Him. I'm not trusting in Him. That's willful ignorance. I've seen the truth, but yet I ignore the truth. That's why Peter wrote, it's better that you never knew the way of righteousness than to have known it and turn away from it. And the word knows there means to fully perceive. You've perceived it. To have known it and turn away, it's better that you never knew it. Because to know it and to turn away is when we begin to willfully sin. That means we willfully, I'm not accepting the message of the cross as the answer for everything. Well, that's willful sin. Would you believe we're out of time? Would you believe that? We'll start right here next week. Next Friday morning right here at 9 o'clock. And I encourage you again this morning. Please help us publish the Word of God. Be a part of the preaching of the Gospel. And I know this message will touch the hearts of many people. Much conviction will be brought. And I pray that much repentance will be found. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to sow into the ministry, 903-231-5950 or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you tonight at 7 with Pastor David Borg. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a lot to digest, Brother Pat.